Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. We're ready to go? Yes, we are ready to go. Ready to record things? Ready to record the, the okay. things, the podcast. Then I will start talking like we are on podcast. Okay. okay. <coughs> Hello, gentle listeners. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast this time. We will be discussing Buffy Season 1, Episode 9, The Puppet Show, wherein we are introduced to Principal Snyder and his revolutionary approach to taking care of teenagers. There's also a puppet <laughs> and hilarity. <laughs> With you, as always, I am Jen, and here is my sister, Snard. Or Michelle. Yeah, whatever. We are the sisters, tuck it. <laughs> Indeed we are. Yes. And uh, this, is a, this is a really funny episode <laughs> we enjoy this episode yes. i actually kind of love it so we are way ahead of schedule by the way this is how we're going to make sure that you get regular content and i like that we're discussing a stage production episode mm. the night after we saw rocky horror picture uh, show it was together. so much fun it was so much fun <laughs> we saw it on uh, halloweenish yeah <laughs> we're here. about halloweenish well here in the yeah. uh, here in the great city of salt lake Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, we it have was this, so much fun. We have this theater called the Tower Theater. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you guys, holla! Um, <laughs> and it's in this old rundown movie theater, and they do all kinds of stuff there, and they mm-hmm. have like revivals and everything. Um, but yeah, they always do the Rocky Horror Picture Show with all the stuff. Yep. So you can go in and you can buy a bag of props. So you get to throw rice. You get to shoot each other with water guns. There's a little bit of newspaper in there. There's yep. toast. There's a noisemaker. Like, it's all the things. Cards of sorrow. Cards yes, of pain. Cards of sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all the things. And it's so much fun. And I know a lot of theaters don't allow that anymore. Mm-hmm. They decided not to. But here, they've just decided to go ahead and put bags over all the seats yep. and just go for it. And it is such a good time. It was really fun. Was so, so if our fun. voices sound a little rough today, gentle listeners, yeah. it's because we were screaming <laughs> we at were. a movie. Yes, <laughs> we were screaming and singing along and doing the time warp again. Yeah. And it was so good. It was great fun. It really was. <laughs> yes. And if you are in the Salt Lake area, we will be there next year. We will. <laughs> so, you come see us and we'll, be, we'll have t-shirts by then. So, yes. we'll be wearing t-shirts <laughs> about the podcast. You can find us and talk to us about all of your mad theories. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And we'll be like, yeah, okay, I got to see the show. You email us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do some kind of chat room next year or something like that. We could set up a Rocky Horror Picture Show discussion group. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. And we can all like talk about the things that we love and our theories and the things that we've noticed and why we go. And, and our worship uh, of Tim Curry. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Tim Curry and the fishes. Well, and Rocky Horror has a tie-in with Buffy, of course, because if you haven't Indeed. caught on... Um, our dear Mr. Giles played Dr. Frankenfurter for a little while back in London. Yes, he did. I think it was, was it on the West End? I can't remember. It was one of those, uh, yeah. it was post-movie, but. Definitely. But yeah. he's in a lot of the revivals. If you Google it, you mm-hmm. can find videos of him in fishnets and corsets. And it's just, <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so good. And also, <laughs> Rocky Horror, the movie, uh, the picture show takes place in Cleveland and Cleveland has a hell mouth. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Connections. Yay. They're all over the place. So we'll definitely have to double up on the Rocky Horror picture show yes. at some point. I anyway. think so too. Yeah. So that's where we were. I still have rice in my hair. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes. Such a good time. That's the, that's the most fun of the funnest part about Rocky Horror is you come back and you take off your clothes to get your jammies on and all this yeah. rice falls out. Yeah, rice and like toast dust yeah. and you're still wet in places you didn't even know you could get wet. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. This morning when I was combing my hair because we'd gotten wet, mm-hmm. it actually was raining on our way there, which was fantastic. We didn't have newspapers though. We no, were so we bummed. No, we didn't. I know. We should have, we seriously should have. Um, 
And then we threw all this rice up in the air and everybody else is throwing handfuls of rice. And so my hair was still wet. I've got long hair. Mm-hmm. And so rice stuck in my wet hair. And then they, they squirted us with water guns again. And so my hair got more wet with the rice. And so when I was combing my hair this morning, there was just rice coming out of my head. <laughs> anyway, I took us way off topic. But I'm just happy that we're talking about the yes. puppet show after having seen Rocky Horror. Absolutely. It's actually really good timing. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Should we get to the episode, I suppose? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything... To yeah, go no, over ahead of time. No pre-stuff, yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, some uh, some pretty good stuff during, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> right, to the episode. We open with a creepy voice. The creepy voice is watching a dancer warm up and saying creepy things. It's the talent show, everybody. Yeah, it's the talent show. <laughs> we are treated to shots of the various suspects, or uh, I mean players, in our little <laughs> drama. <laughs> and Cordy, oh, Cordy is, is singing and... Giles has the thousand yard stare. And, and I have a flash forward to Caritas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have it's a total what flash forward to Caritas. Absolutely. If you don't know what Caritas is, go watch Angel right now. Shut off the podcast. Go away. <laughs> yeah, because we we're going to spoil it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the greatest love of all, of course, is Cordelia's <laughs> thing. And it will be later revisited on Angel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we that's how when, well, should I sp- yeah, we're going to spoil everything, right? Yeah. Warning. <laughs> we're going to spoil yeah. everything. So, uh, yeah, it's how we know it's still Cordy when she's lost her memory because she, can st- she still <laughs> sings the greatest love true. of all. <laughs> no, that's a very, very good point. <laughs> and sadly, she's not Cordy for long. Anyway, no. <laughs> the Scoobies arrive and tease Giles about heading up the talent show. And, <laughs> and welcome, Principal Snyder. Yay, Principal Snyder. <laughs> and also, just take a minute, go ahead and pause hmm. and look at Giles's face while Cordelia is. <laughs> singing it is the thousand yard stare from hell it's it's some of the best acting he does on the show because that's exactly how you would look yes he's dying inside (laughs) the slow librarian because he probably had enough money and he knew enough connections that he saw all of the operas and fine things and he was a musician and we know that he has really good taste in music Mm -hmm. from uh the the candy um oh from band band candy yeah yeah band candy that's what it is yeah um so we know that he has really, really good taste in music because he's showing off his record collection, <laughs> yes. you know, and Oz comments on his record collection. Yes. So Giles is someone who loves music and he's a musician, you know. He's trapped in his own hell dimension he right now. Totally <laughs> <laughs> this is Giles' hell. Like everything else. Cordy singing the pale. greatest love of all. <laughs> like even when he's standing above Buffy's grave, he's thinking at least I don't have to listen to Cordelia sing right now. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> While getting mocked by the Scoobies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Principal Snyder. We're so glad to see him. Yay. So he has been keeping an eye on the Scoobies and has determined that they are trouble. Buffy, as is her way with asbestos and principles, slips and talks about <laughs> fighting demons. <laughs> Buffy, shh. <laughs> Silence with the well, demon he, talk. Like, asbestos is pale and it can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Umpires. That was <laughs> Xander is way better at that kind of thing, I gotta yeah, say. Unless yeah. of course it's around Jenny Calendar and then you know, her hotness kinda shorts out his brain. <laughs> um <laughs> it's too big But it, I mean but and I think there is a root in here of this of uh, Buffy's desire to be a good student. Oh yeah. <laughs> so she wants to tell the truth to all these these authority figures, <laughs> but she can't because well, she's she a wants slayer. to suck up, she wants to be loved. And I, I imagine when when she was Cordelia, Cordelia <laughs> back in LA, she yeah. was LA Cordelia. Yeah, totally LA Cordelia. Because <laughs> um, Cordelia seems to get decent grades. She seems to know what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll actually see a little example of that in the next episode. Is it the next one? 
Is that the next one? Oh, that's that one. Next one's nightmares. So uh, yeah, it is nightmares. She's the one that takes Buffy to the classroom. Like, oh duh, yeah, there's a test right now. Right, and and then the the one after that, um, out of mind, out of sight. She really yeah. shows how dedicated she is, despite her theories being a little funky. She <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she's a good student. She she Absolutely. knows enough to d- to squeak by, get good grades. She probably got into a good school. Yep. Actually, we know she got into a good. school. She did indeed. No money yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But she. I mean, you, you see Cordy in class, and she's always taking notes, and she's always paying attention and participating mm-hmm. in the discussions. And yeah, she's very serious about school. Yeah, she because is. she's Buffy Shadow Self. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. we know that Buffy back in L.A. before the Slayer thing. Um, she was probably a good student. Yeah, I would imagine so. And she probably misses that because the feeling of always being almost in trouble constantly, that gets really old. <laughs> Take it from an actually bad student. Yeah. Well, and, and then poor Buffy, she's she's saving the world and, you know, everything. And she can't, you know, yeah, she, she can't, can't, she can't say, hey, dude, I wasn't in class because I was fighting yeah, demons. Like, I was saving the world. I'm so sorry I didn't make it to history. Yeah. Right now, she's she's not she's not a rather thin. <laughs> so the uh, the poor Scoobies are rather reluctantly enlisted for the talent show. They are. Oh, and in here, so a little brief note. I'm not going to comment too much on costuming mm. now, unless it's really significant. I'm kind of tracking a couple things. Um, but Snyder is in like black, white, and gray, and then the Scoobies are about as colorful as we've ever seen them for the yes. opening scene. So that nice juxtaposition. Yes, very nice contrast against yes. those two. Um. Oh, uh, so they uh, they have an issue, of course, with being in the talent show, <laughs> and, and Principal <laughs> Snyder cares not for their protests. <laughs> really good acting for people who actually wanted to be in the talent show. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really good acting, but like you know, these people actually wanted to be in the talent. show. Oh, they've show. been in, and the actors have yeah. been in talent shows all their lives. Totally. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they're the like first ones first to be like, line. "Let yeah. me in the talent show." Like, oh my god, can we do Oedipus? <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the Scoobies are. Not thrilled with this development, <laughs> and, but Giles most certainly is. <laughs> Again, this subtle little smile on his face. And Buffy looks at him and he's like, oh, I'm going to take a note now. <laughs> Look at me taking notes right there and writing things down and not mocking you because you're the slayer and I have to train you. Watch this first like three minutes of Buffy over and over. And over. I know, it's so great. It's so <laughs> Xander is afraid of a mime and this will be important in the next episode with the clowns. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we are introduced to Morgan and his ventriloquist dummy, Sid. Buffy is not a fan of ventriloquist dummies. They word. give me the wig. Oh, word, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, the, we're with you shit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Morgan is either very, very bad at ventriloquism or very, 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 very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and funny, Buffy and the dummy are wearing very similar outfit hmm. ideas. I wonder if that'll be important yeah, later. We normally don't see Buffy not in white. Right. In the Especially at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, at the beginning. Like, usually the first scene we see Buffy in white or at least in the Scooby, like, earth tones. Yeah. Yeah, she's wearing, like, a, a pink shirt under a black blazer. Mm-hmm. That's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this will come up later. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, in the locker room of death. Uh, the, the <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> it is. The dancer is killed by the creepy voice. Uh, magician guy has lost his rabbit, it seems. And Snar, do <laughs> you notice a... Um, a certain woodwind instrument at this point yes, in the show. There's there's a flute playing, and we hear a flute playing a lot. Yep. Um, it kind of depends on where I'm watching it, but like I I was li- watching it on the PlayStation Four um, the other night because everyone else was asleep, and I wanted to watch Buffy again. Um, <laughs> and I could hear a flute a lot. Mm-hmm. So you can hear a flute just playing trills and going up and down on some scales and playing a little bit of a melody, but we never see the flute player. Yes. 
isn't that interesting? Yeah, and, and I, I, I scoured that scene yeah. this time. And I, I watched for her during the power circle too, and I didn't see Marcy. Yep. So this well, will come no. up later. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's we have an invisible flute player. Mm-hmm. And indeed, in a couple of episodes, we have an invisible flute player. We do. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's just brilliant foreshadowing. It's, and if yeah, it isn't foreshadowing, great. good job, guys. Oh, yeah. You didn't even that, know you did something. If that good. was an accident, it was a brilliant oh, accident. Oh, yeah, such a yeah. good accident. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to pretend they did it on well, purpose. Well, they, they kind of account for every other instrument that you hear. And the flute That's very sticks true. out. We account for every other act. I mean, yeah. we even have like people in Aikido like outfits. Yep, absolutely. But you yeah. never see the flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jeff listeners, if you do spot a flute, let us know. We yes. are perfectly happy to say when we're wrong. Please, please do. And <laughs> yes. if it's in the hands of Marcy, oh my God, you're going to get like a, the first t-shirt we yes, make. Yes, absolutely. Like yes. when you send us the screen grab of that, send us your size yes. and the color you want. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you get a shirt. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> even a cupid doll. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing the shirt. Yes. <laughs> so the Scoobies are stressed about the talent show. They've elected to do a dramatic reading. <laughs> yes. Oh, and they're all out of sorts. All of their oh, outfits yeah. at this point. Like Buffy's wearing like leopard print. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what, like Willow didn't even bother getting out of her PJs. <laughs> yeah. um, so they're in disarray. <laughs> yeah. And Xander's wearing like this black, actually a pretty good looking sweater. Like a black yeah. sweater with stripes on it's it. It's a good looking, yeah. 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 With a very specific hue of yellow. Yes. And and really, the dramatic reading is a pretty good idea since Buffy's talent isn't exactly made for the masses with, with the slaying of the vampires <laughs> and all. True. You'd have and to lure a, a vampire actor. out on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> like, hold still for a second. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Although, I flash into Miss Congeniality. Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, always, I always think of that part. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, you could slay some vampires, right? You could throw mm-hmm. a stake or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like some archery. <laughs> yeah. Like, take out the crossbow. The crossbow, absolutely. Yeah. And that explains why there's a crossbow in the library. That's where Buffy <laughs> yeah. practices. Buffy's not that creative, unfortunately. No. Especially when her mind isn't anywhere to be found. Totally. When yeah. her mind Giles is occupied. Is so preoccupied. <laughs> her mind is occupied by other things, so she's not going to come up with, you know, yeah. that. Totally. <laughs> and her heart and soul are just terrified being, being in front of people, in front of the public. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. It's like funny, they don't yeah. want to be exposed. Yeah, her spirit is just really, really terrified of yes. being seen. And will continue to be yes. <laughs> terrified of being on stage <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we'll see this again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and um, so the paralyzing stage, right, with Willow pretty much mm-hmm. is going on. And uh, Xander longs for the days of corporal punishment. <laughs> 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 and... Yeah, I would probably agree with that because <laughs> I, you know, when I was in high school, I, I was in the pit orchestra all the time. No, no being on a stage for me. I was totally on the stage. <laughs> yeah, yes, all you the were. Time. Yeah, <laughs> I did anything to be on stage. I played Mercutio. Nice. Yeah, fake mustache. <laughs> I had hair down past my knees and I had to braid it and put it down the back of my shirt and just make my shirt look a little puffy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The funny thing was there was a rumor that someone in the play was a girl playing a boy. And they guessed it was somebody else. Nice. Yes. <laughs> this is because I was a bodybuilder and had no tits. <laughs> well, very few of us did in high school. <laughs> That's true. You got to wait till like your early 20s where they go pop. <laughs> yeah. Mine was my late 20s. Really? Yeah. I went from like a C to a triple D. TMI, guys. Uh, I went from like a C to a triple D from like 28 to 30. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I remain there. I'm about a, I'm about a 34... I'm either a triple or a quad D, depending on the bra. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I went from, I think I was 21 or so, and I went from a nearly A to a, probably a, a to full a holy God? C. Like a full C, uh, yeah. pretty much overnight. I woke up and I was like, where did things go wrong? <laughs> You're like knocking shit <laughs> yeah, over. <laughs> yeah, and they've since, you know, with as my... 
I've gone, gained a tiny bit of weight since then. And uh, yeah, haven't little, we all? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, they're like a D now, but man, it was it was a surprise. Trying to put my bra, I'm like, it's like a hat. What is this? a much more slow creep. Is just like, oh, this bra doesn't fit anymore. I'll go get another one, and then I get like fitted, and I'm like, no, you're kidding, really? I guess that fits. Weird. Yeah, my my feet also grew half a size to support them. I guess oh, God around damn, that time. Why can't I have that? Yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty. I'm good. still a size five and a half. <laughs> That's very small feet. It, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I I have a little person friend, and we can swap shoes. <laughs> I am I am three sizes bigger than you are on my feet. Oh my <laughs> I'm an eight and a half. <laughs> Every pair of shoes I buy looks like doll shoes. <laughs> My shoes could kill your shoes without even breaking <laughs> a sweat. I could put my shoes inside your shoes. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we went off topic. <laughs> Hi, guys. We really hope you like us for us at this <laughs> <Yes>. point. <laughs> Edit as you will in post, Snart. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know he's telling you this stuff. So, um, Sid reveals himself to be kind of an inappropriate creeper dummy. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. And, and on Willow, of all people, like, that's not cool. Uh, I know. Yeah, because Buffy, Buffy gets creeped on. Buffy is pissed and she tells yeah. morgan he better shut that shit up oh yeah immediately um and of poor course morgan i know <laughs> getting blamed for all of sid's crap morgan's having a bad bad what year probably yeah 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 <laughs> it'll be over soon morgan <laughs> hang in there just a few more days yeah then you and you know they'll get rid of that brain tumor in a really bad way man yeah <laughs> The operation was a success. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good news, everybody. The good news is we got the brain tumor out. The bad news is you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was on your brain. Yes. That came out. Principal Snyder is uh, lamenting his plight to Giles. <laughs> on Principal Flutie's fate, he observes, that's the kind of woolly-headed liberal thinking that leads to being eaten. And on the Scoobies and their status as a bad element, kids. I don't like them. <laughs> and Giles' expression again. He's so great. He's like a silent film star in this episode. <laughs> and there, are, there are interviews with, uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, with Anthony Stewart Head where he says that he intentionally did a lot of those things because he wanted to, Giles to be a real person. So he yeah. would absolutely, like, he would uh, be in the background eating something. He would be reading a book. He'd do all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. Oh, and he so, always had tea, which is so yes, British. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and that's why special he, mug. He had like two or three mugs, and that was it. Yes. <laughs> and you know, he cleaned his glasses. That's where that started. Was him. He, he was always doing something yeah. and he stammers and yeah. like start he he starts a sentence and rephrases yep. which i really appreciate oh which is brilliant yeah and, and of course with snyder he's completely horrified and trying to pretend that he supports his boss <laughs> like, and he's looking around like like that look where you hope that somebody else was there to hear that <laughs> yes, like, like did anybody I, else hear that oh my god like, uh, am i um, yeah okay that's hmm. <laughs> i'm just going to look over here now <laughs> and we love snyder oh we do so uh, Emily, the he dancer, is always a Ferengi to me. I just oh I he keep, oh he is Quark. I, he is yeah, always going to be. Quark. I keep expecting him to bust out about like gold press Latin on the next <laughs> yeah. minute. Start getting off when somebody touches his ear. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's how Snyder rolls. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> he never would have sex. That's just too easy <laughs> yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. it's just like all the fluids. And, like <laughs> no, and forget about cuddling. He would just try to trick people into touching his ears. Yeah. <laughs> He's a piercing fetish. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so uh, Emily, the dancer's body is discovered. Uh, Giles reports that her heart was removed. The murderer knew used a knife, so they suspect a human. Buffy, however, ever the slayer, argues that the, that the presence of the hellmouth suggests a demon. 
they begin the casual interrogations of the talent show participants. Uh, among the things we discover are, apparently, there's a dancer-band rivalry. Uh, magician <laughs> guy. Because they're on the pep squad. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. And pep squad versus band. That is a bitter, bitter rivalry it's... that will happen forever. Oh, it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> They were um, both in band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to play the, I got to, uh, what, uh, illicitly play March of the English Brigadiers whenever the pep club <laughs> went out on the field, yes. and we always got in trouble, and it was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> was well, and you played clarinet. I did. And a little bit of trumpet? I, I, can't, I could, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, at school, I, I just played the clarinet. Okay. Um, out of school, I played the clarinet, trumpet. Uh, sometimes the oboe and occasionally the French horn. And this oh, and the tenor sax. This is why I call her the Mycroft to my Sherlock. Because <laughs> people meet me and they're like, you're really smart. I'm like, no. <laughs> you should meet my sister. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm just ki- a little bit good at a lot of things and not really good at much of anything. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Except for breaking stuff, which oh. I may get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to do. See, and, yeah. and that's called winning. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> which is, you know, not that dissimilar to Mycroft, how he's able to, like, discern everything that's going on in government and run, like, secret <laughs> espionage operations. Espionage? Secret espionage operations and things like that. So, you that know. would be much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I played the. F- Flute. Flute. Well, but you acted, too. I did. But, you know, as far as band, I played the flute. Full yeah, stop. I held the piccolo, and I would make it look like I was moving my hands um, in the form of notes. But the piccolo was scary to play. It's horrible. It was horrible. And if you were the last person in on the first day of school, you had to play the piccolo. And so, because as a freshman, I got lost, and our school was really weird-shaped. And yeah, uh, so true. I was wait, and I got handed the piccolo. So I spent a full year learning how to pretend to play the piccolo. Um, <laughs> Do you just let out a sonic, yeah. like a sonic just tweet now and, now and then? Every now and then, when I knew that I was like important, I'd play it. And then our band teacher would give me a thumbs up and then I just wouldn't play. And yeah. he'd give me that look like I was killing his soul. Um, and then when I, you know, we, we worked on it. Um, so, yeah, the next year I was the first person in class. <laughs> I woke up at like 4 a.m. and I was sitting outside the school like poor dad we were in the old Bronco <laughs> like no heat and we're sitting outside the school and I was like no air conditioning that no heat because yeah. it was August derp um yeah we're sitting outside the school in August and it's like warm even though it's morning it's <laughs> yeah. like really like, no I can't play the I will piccolo not play the piccolo <laughs> anyway again oh. way more information about us than you needed God, no. I, I hated that freaking piccolo it was always pointed right at me well, see, I, I always knew that everybody else hated the piccolo. Yeah. And yeah. I, see, this is one of the times I wish we were closer in age, so I wouldn't have had been deafened by that damn piccolo because you would have been playing it. <laughs> <laughs> or not playing it, you know, whatever. <laughs> pointed right at you like a gun. It's like, oh, God, it's pointed at me. Don't play the... Uh, you know what was cool about the piccolo? You could just put it in your backpack. That's true. You're just like, boop. <laughs> you could put it in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now at this age that I am, I could put it in my bra. Yeah. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> Might look a little funny. <laughs> eh. Yeah, who cares? It all goes in there. Well, people give, make fun of you. You just play the piccolo at them, and then their heads explode, and <laughs> blood comes out of their ears. And <laughs> <laughs> so. So, uh, magician guy, who is still very bad at being a magician, and juggler guy report that Emily was talking to Morgan. Cordelia is as awesomely self-absorbed as ever. <laughs> oh, and we, we really linger on the magician guy not doing a good job with he is magic a, Yes, he's terrible. Yeah, we he's always spend terrible. what feels like way too long on him. Yes. 
it feels like. Yeah. So Don't th- this, be fooled. This is how a show will have a mystery and yet play fair with you. And exactly. that's fantastic. Because yeah. you watch it again, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, because it it's saying, him. pay attention to this. It's not saying, gee, we didn't have enough script. We must right. like, <laughs> we'll just have to fill this. No, they're actually saying, pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Yes. This yes, guy has no idea. And <laughs> notice how he's really playing it against Giles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Almost like he's testing. Kind of beyond that a little bit. Yeah. Like, what's up with this Giles guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, it seems, has a tale about how odd Morgan is. Buffy finds Morgan and Sid, and Sid is very, very much more obviously not so much a normal dummy. Uh, Morgan <laughs> has one of the headaches people have been talking about. Sid steps in to defend him, and Morgan almost tells Buffy that he isn't in control of Sid, but stops himself. Uh, the Scoobies compare notes, and Morgan is the prime suspect. Importantly, they point out that since Morgan is a human, he is protected from slaying, and they have to bring him to justice human style. Buffy, either because she doesn't want to think that Morgan is capable of heartectomies, or (laughs) (laughs) because she's picking up on some Slayer vibes, persists with the demon theory. And of course, she's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Giles advises that they continue as normal and do the talent show in order to placate Snyder, much to their chagrin. (laughs) (laughs) While being watched by Sid and Morgan, Buffy breaks into Morgan's locker, Slayer style. (laughs) I love the like... She pretends to be opening she, the locker. She barely pretends. She's yeah. like, she knows from the very first second that she's not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most half-hearted attempt at a locker. She's like, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a slayer at all. Boom. There and, we go. And yet another example of Buffy using violence to solve everything. Yes. It, I would, too. Yeah. <laughs> Me, too. When you have a hammer that cool, everything oh, is a nail. Absolutely. Everything. <laughs> She'll have a cooler hammer later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, she will. Yes. And uh, during her locker break-in, she is busted by Snyder. Snyder is awesome once again, even though he doesn't approve of smoking, but I'll forgive him. (laughs) (laughs) But I like this. He grabs her arm and she just leaves it there. And then after a minute, she's like, oh, I should take that back. And then just like takes her hand away. Like really awkwardly. It's awesome. (laughs) She wants to be good. Yeah, she wants to be nice. And she's like smiling at it. Like, (laughs) I know. After he gives her the death stare, she just goes, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy's locker search turns up absolutely nothing. Um, later, Sid is telling a very, very antsy Morgan that Buffy is the one. Ominously, just one more and Sid will be free. In the summer's home, Joyce inquires about the talent show, informing Buffy that she'll be there. And isn't that wonderful and supportive? <laughs> Buffy panics. <laughs> 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 Joyce asks if something is bothering her. And, and uh, no, Buffy is just, just great. She's just fantastic. Just fine. Just Please, fine. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> However... Sid is outside Buffy's window. Buffy awakes to scuttling noises, which are my least favorite kind, and screams. It's horrifying. (laughs) Like, of all the things that could be scuttling around in my room. It's a ventriloquist dummy. Good God. Those things are the worst. Oh, I would kill it with so much fire. (laughs) 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 They're the worst. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) I would rather take, like, anything. I'll I'll have gremlins. I'll have vampires. I'll have anything. Yeah, when, when we get to nightmares, we'll talk about my big fear. <laughs> but ventriloquist dummies are close. I'll have to think of mine. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's a big one for me. Um, <laughs> so Joyce bursts in, uh, hearing Buffy screaming, and uh, checks the bed and suggests that Buffy had a nightmare. <laughs> of course. Because 
when something actually serious <laughs> happens, Joyce is like, hey, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I love how Buffy reverts to actually being a kid. Yes. Like, oh, I love that too. Like, all of a sudden, too. she's child Buffy. Like, she's been scared in the <laughs> middle of the night by something that gives her the wig and has since she was little. The and vampire she... slayer wants her mom to check her bed. <laughs> like, the little pouty lip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mom, there's a ventriloquist dummy in my it's bed. <laughs> like, Joyce is going to be able to do anything about it. She's yeah. just a mom. Yeah. Well, and Joyce doesn't seem to think this is out of the ordinary. Right. So it tells you something about their relationship. Absolutely. It's actually kind of sweet. Something that is confirmed when she hits a certain blonde vampire with a fire axe. Yes. <laughs> in order to protect her slayer. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. So Joyce is tough. And I. And maybe Buffy gets some of her badassness from I would her think mommy. So. Yeah. I would definitely think so. <laughs> but I love it that the vampire slayer is like, Mom, I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> so Joyce is is worried for a moment, and uh, Buffy remembers that her mom isn't supposed to know about uh, you know all these things and agrees that oh yeah it's probably nothing no it's, it's probably nothing. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Buffy and Joyce note her open window, and Buffy's really sure she isn't the one who opened it. Back at school, the magician is still a bad magician. To quote one of the best films in the history of film, he wasn't a very good illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us what that was, please. I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> um, also, I noticed at this point, because I've just been kind of watching uh, the characters, but in back, at the very beginning, there was a sign that said Sunny D and then Talent Show. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Mm. Um, but now it actually says Sunnydale High Talent Show. So we can watch the progression of the readiness for the talent show in the sign. And if yeah. I backed up. And it was a little bit more finished the last time we saw it. Now it's pretty much all finished. How great is that prop work? Really good. That is so awesome. It's so subtle. And it's going into your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As as a lot of the the prop work does. I mean, they're... Totally. I mean, we've watched the show a million times probably Mm -hmm. between the two of us and didn't notice until this time. Yeah. And it's just because we're paying attention. And there's another really, really good one coming out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Cordelia is worried about her placement at the talent show. And Giles pulls the awesome um, um, your, your, your hair and maneuver, uh, recommended by Xander, which works like a charm. And her reaction is so, so Just like touching her hair, like, uh, I, I, uh, uh. <laughs> Because, and so now we know that really, truly, you can distract Cordelia by telling her she looks bad. Yes. And you can distract Buffy by telling her that she looks good. Yes, if you're Angel. <laughs> you're pretty much anyone uh not the master well, no, that'll not be the, the master episode. but <laughs> like anybody that she likes absolutely because there's like another time that somebody like rambles on and she just she kind of goes back to like but but didn't you say i'm pretty i oh, can't remember exactly right. where it is but oh it i think again. it's riley oh god never mind <laughs> but that's but that shows how <laughs> she's not very picky about that kind of thing True. that proves your point actually yeah. because it's riley it, does. Well, it also proves my point that she's demisexual and just doesn't chase after things <laughs> She's too busy chasing vampires. You know. It would actually work in the favor of the Slayer to not be a overly sexually driven person. I mean, okay, Faith, I get it. <laughs> I saw Gentle listeners, you could not see my eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> my eyebrow said, what about Faith? Her, her, awesome. I, her single eyebrow went up and then I saw a little like <laughs> boop, boop, boop to the thought bubble with Faith's picture in it. But Faith is an awesome player, is and what the thought bubble of, said. Yeah, and, and out of the thought bubble came another little speech bubble from Faith saying, hungry and horny. Um, <laughs> Actually, I think you might be onto something. I think a slayer needs to pick one of the two. Mm-hmm. Either no romance or sexy times, or only yeah. sexy times. I think it's the 
I think they need to choose. That's true. <laughs> Although Faith could also be considered to be demisexual or asexual because we don't know if she experiences sexual attraction. We know she likes sex. We know she likes dominance. Yeah, she likes dominance. She likes sex. She enjoys sexual contact. Right. Um, and she can develop romantic feelings for people and love people. Well, Absolutely. For, well, for Buffy. Well, yeah, for Buffy. <laughs> um, but, which we'll get into later. This is just the spoilery, a spoiler, <laughs> spoiler episode. Um, but we never see her actually be attracted. Neither um, Buffy or Faith ever have the hello, salty goodness moment with anybody. True. They have to develop feelings for people. They never look at somebody and experience a hit to the pants sexual attraction. That's very true. Which is that is the definition of demisexual is demisexuality is you only experience sexual attraction after c- creating a deeper connection with somebody. Oh, but faith does avoid the deeper connection altogether. Yeah, but I mean, you don't have to be sex averse. You can still really, really enjoy sex. Right. You know, it's just you don't necessarily need to have sexual attraction to want to have sex. <laughs> You know, like, she just kind of chooses whoever's handy. Right, because it's, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's and a, then Buffy yeah. seems to choose whoever presents themselves for sex. True. You know. And Buffy likes the getting swept up in the romantic blah de blah she blah She does, but we bullshit. never actually see her get, like, super into it. She, I mean, even with Spike, she's not super turned on. No, she's just, she, well, she's well, trying she's to. she's doing it to not feel. Right. It's her right. drug. It's her, well, it's her, sort of, her cutting herself, I would say, mm-hmm. to feel yeah, something. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I still, I still think Buffy's demisexual. It's a good theory. I have a theory. <laughs> Is it bunnies? <laughs> if it's bunnies, the magician just lost yours. <laughs> <laughs> and segue. <laughs> so uh, Buffy comes in looking for Morgan. She tells him about the uh, Scoobies about Sid. Also, Morgan is wearing exactly the same outfit as the day before. <laughs> so something's up with Morgan. Something is up with Morgan. He doesn't look good either. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But he's wearing the same outfit two days in a row where at the talent show he was wearing something like Sid. So we know that like there's kind of been a, oh, a yes. digression. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and he also, he seemed to be on the same mission as Sid in the first episode. And Buffy. They all had something in common. They're right. all dressed similarly. And then since then, he's kind of downgraded himself. He's no longer very sure. Uh, and he had that big fight with Sid, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So Fallout he is now fight. out of sync with them. Interesting. Yeah. And falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the Scoobies are, are skeptical about the uh, ventriloquist dummy breaking into Buffy's room. And Buffy very, very correctly points out that she's the slayer, for hell's sake. <laughs> she knows that a freaking dummy broke in her room. For hell mouth's sake. God. <laughs> <laughs> They and will not stop scullying her. <laughs> no. And <laughs> uh, to point out her difference, Buffy is even wearing black to illustrate it for us. She is. She is wearing all black. Yep. That means that some some shit's going down. And she, I mean, she's separated from the group and she's back to being the one girl in all the world for a little mm-hmm. bit here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Giles has been researching and has found a demon suspect, one of seven, who collect brains and hearts to retain their human form. And he's using the program for the, the TV yeah. show as a bookmark. <laughs> yeah, which is great. <laughs> Again, fantastic prop work. Oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so naturalistic. <laughs> and Morgan is looking both more and less likely as the culprit uh, in class. Buffy is freaked out by Sid staring at her, and Cordelia helps in her Cordelia way. <laughs> While wearing white. Yes, Black yes. and white. Buffy and Cordelia. Yes. And I, I like when they do that, when they, they flip the colors like that. Yeah, they you know, just Buffy's good and Cordy's bad, and, so, and they flip them, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, Morgan gets busted for having Sid in, Sid in class because it's fucking weird. <laughs> the teacher takes Sid away and locks him up, and thank God. 
<laughs> Sid persists with the disruption from the cabinet, and Morgan gets in more trouble. Uh, after class, Morgan goes to retrieve Sid in a very twitchy kind of way, and Sid is gone. Morgan gets a little shouty. Yes. <laughs> also, prop work. If mm. you look at the board in back, it says women in power. Hmm. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> and you had a, and you had a great observation of the, the cabinet that Sid was in. Oh, yeah. Because it has totally plausible things that yeah, teacher absolutely. would have in there. I've worked in schools. Um, I taught preschool for a little while, and I worked at a high school in the library. I was, I was a high school librarian. Um, I was a Giles, but not a sexy. But, yeah, that's totally what would be in that cabinet. It's the top one. It's hard to reach. You just kind of throw whatever shit in there. So there's a Christmas wreath and an AirPod. And not just any AirPod, like an old yellow one left over from, like, the 70s. Yeah, like, yeah. when she moved in that room, that was still there. It She's was like, still yeah, there. I'll keep it. Yeah, and, like, I'll she put my pulls it in out. There. Yeah. <laughs> pulls it out once in a while when she wants, like, cider or something all day. Yeah. And then it goes back up there. Right. <laughs> it's got the stains on the inside. Yeah, oh, it totally, know, totally would, stain. too. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it totally would. <laughs> <laughs> Sid is with Xander, who has stolen him, and who illustrates Sid's not realness by smacking him in the head a lot. Buffy leaves to find Morgan, and Xander stays with Sid and does a fantastic <laughs> little red rum kind of thing. <laughs> 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 and Giles and Willow go to do research. Despite his assurances, Xander is uh, still... He still doesn't really want Sid looking at him, yeah. <laughs> which is a good choice. <laughs> just that little hint of doubt. Yeah. A little bit. I'll just turn your head. No reason. Uh, Buffy is looking for Morgan and finds a menacing Snyder instead. <laughs> Excellent little red herring here. Oh, yeah, totally. We have two Snyder red herrings. Yep. It's fantastic. And this one, he's actually got red light on him. He does, <laughs> so yeah. It's a literal red herring. Uh, Xander and Sid are bonding in the sense that Xander is now completely freaked out by Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Willow has found cases of inanimate objects coming alive from uh, harvesting organs. Yes, and so this is some of the breast, best, the breast? <laughs> this is some of the best prop work in the show, and I love it. And I think they did it, because HD wasn't a thing then, so they knew this probably wasn't going to be seen, mm -hmm. but they did it anyway. And we have this awesome close-up, and I don't think we have another shot like this in Buffy. It actually is like a little stage, yeah. where like we have almost like the Punch and Judy show thing going on. Kids, look it up. If you're that young. It's um, fucked up, y'all. Yeah, it is, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's like a little finger puppet or puppet theater. And we're looking through a bookshelf, through books, mm -hmm. to these two talking. And off to the far right side, stage right, <laughs> of the screen is the book Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> Which is brilliant. Because so there's a good. fucking puppet. <laughs> talking about dolls and toys coming it's to life so by awesome. harvesting organs and i just about shat myself it's so good yeah <laughs> i need a diaper when i watch buffy yeah me too or sure. i just need to come up a new with a new way of saying that i was so excited <laughs> yeah we can talk about shitting okay. and pissing ourselves All right, yeah. <laughs> and of course by now sid has bailed and xander notices and hides on the table <laughs> just, just like there's a mouse <laughs> i know which harkens back to the scurrying in <laughs> Buffy's room. I think my favorite part is Giles' reaction, because Giles and Willow are delightfully just creeped the yeah. fuck out. Like, if there had been a table next to Giles, he would have been like, yeah. <laughs> like right on top of it. Like, lifting his skirts. Absolutely. <laughs> he drops his book. He's like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> like, of all the things to be scared of, you guys. Well, I'm with them. I mean, I am with them, but of all the things they've faced, you'd think at least Giles would be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who was cornered by vampires and his only in reaction was damn. damn well I, I actually think that Giles and I might have the same um, 
uh, what fear set because he's also afraid of the other thing I'm afraid of in nightmares. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think we're of the same mind that way. Yes, you're of the same ilk. Yes, ventriloquist is... dummies and, and, and also the other thing <laughs> that I'm not going to talk about because it's yes. yucky. No spoilers for our own stuff, just spoilers Boy. for the show. I just don't want to talk about it yet. Okay. <laughs> I will I'll meditate upon mine. Okay. I will ohm about it. <laughs> Excellent. Good thing you're not afraid of meditation, I suppose. <laughs> Definitely not. I meditate like twice a day. <laughs> I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> so, like our father. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Buffy finds Morgan's body, but she is trapped under a falling chandelier. Sid attacks and <laughs> no Buffy's... No chandeliers in high school. Well, what kind Which, of high school is this? Okay, so this makes me wonder. If you look at it, it's very mission style, right? Yes. Like, the whole school's really mission style. And if you've gone to missions in um, California... Very similar kind of architecture. What if the Hellmouth was originally covered with a church, with a monastery? Oh. What if that's oh. what was oh. there to begin with? In the first episode, uh, Giles said that the Spanish had, had this, uh, yeah. what diagnosed it as the, whatever you say, Hellmouth. Yeah. Mouth of yeah. Hell in Spanish. Interesting. Yeah. So what if that was actually what was there to begin with? What if it was there until the master screwed stuff up or got mm-hmm. stuck? Yeah, or maybe he slaughtered all of them or something. Hmm. But yeah, because that, that actually made me think of it. Because there's something about the school that it's kind of got a weird feel yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, this chandelier makes me think. Because it looks like it's supposed to hold candles. Yes, and it even has the wax in there, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Yeah. Hmm. So That's yeah. That's very interesting. Maybe that's just a little bit there. We'll, we'll, I'll try and look out for that. Or gentle listeners, if one of you will appoint yourself the lookout for the monastery idea, uh, someone who lives in California would be awesome. Someone who like knows architecture in California. Yes. I know you're out there. I know well, there's some the architecture nerd who's all about the missions all over Southern yeah. California or, North, you know, whatever. Because it's very Southern California. It's very yeah. like, you know, the drive from L.A. to San Diego sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that there are definitely monks and also nuns in Sunnydale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of churchy stuff that happens all yeah, over the Yeah, I would put them all there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more churchy stuff, please. But it wouldn't have been a nunnery, or else Angelus would have been attention to it. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he did. <laughs> Angel loves loves nunneries. Yeah, as he, says. as he will tell everyone yeah. in the world about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the Shakespearean nunnery slash whorehouse joke. Never gets old. <laughs> so uh, Sid is attacking, and Buffy is the slayer, and gives it back until they both figure out that they're looking for the same organ they're harvesting both having, demon. Like, their own dialogue. They're not even replying <laughs> to each other. They're just quipping. And I have like, to say, see also Kendra, slayer of the vampire, is in her first encounter with Buffy. Yes. <laughs> Buffy's bad at listening in this situation. I mean, if it happens once, then it's a fluke. If it mm-hmm. happens twice, like Buffy, you need to listen yeah. when you're attacking people. Isn't, isn't it interesting? And I just noticed it now when you said this. That two demon hunters first think that Buffy's a demon. Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's unconventional. Yeah, she is. <laughs> There's something about Buffy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so back in the library, Sid explains that he's a demon hunter and has been cursed as a living dummy. <laughs> And they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Buffy's the only one that seems to just be listening, and everybody well, else has and the Buffy's like. Buffy's usually pretty easy going what? about this yeah, stuff, too, so yeah. we expect that from her. Yeah. But everybody else is like, WTF. <laughs> it's, it's such a big one. And Buffy's like, yeah, what else? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then what? She's pretty chill about that kind of thing. And Sid also 
clearly hasn't gotten any for a while. (laughs) Sid has killed six of the seven demons, and if he kills the seventh, he's done. They have a plan to discover who the demon is, because having harvested its last body part, it will take off, and they'll know who the missing person is, and who the demon is, and blah, blah, blah. Giles remembers the, the, oh, the talent show and runs off. <laughs> he has a job. Yes. <laughs> and I like that it coincides with the whistling of the tea kettle. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like something inside Giles is kind of like percolating and brewing and like that little internal time. You know, it's right. like when you wake up right before your alarm. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like do 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 do. And then the <laughs> like he has got some Pavlovian kind of thing. Yeah, totally. He hears tea, like, oh, the oh the talent yeah. show. Well, yeah, he hears tea. He remembers he's British. He remembers he's responsible. And then he remembers his responsibility. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> and tea and talent show start with the same letters. Yes. <laughs> or the capital T. <laughs> right in Hellmouth City. Oh, I have to write that song. <laughs> Definitely. That's, we're referring to the music man, if you didn't follow along with yes. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> So Cordelia has stage fright, and she's worried about everyone judging her like she's some kind of Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually an interesting little reflection back on Buffy being afraid of being like Cordelia. Yes. And Cordelia being afraid of being like Buffy. Oh, yes. It's like Cordelia knows she could be Buffy. And eventually, she kind of will be. (laughs) Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. They do a little... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A little topsy-turvy there. Yep. (laughs) So Buffy and Sid are bonding. Sid knew a Korean slayer back in the 30s, and apparently they had a thing. When Sid completes his mission, he's going to die, and he's fine with that. In this moment, everybody talks about this as kind of like a fun throwaway episode, right? Mm -hmm. This is really important, and uh, I have to give credit here to Passion of the Nerd on YouTube, who, uh, with his amazing, amazing summary of uh, of Lie to Me, got me looking for this kind of concept in the earlier episodes as well. So... At this point in history, uh, only one Slayer can be alive at a time. So this is the first opportunity Buffy has had to talk to someone in her same line line of work. And Sid is explaining to Buffy that he's making a choice. Instead of living the life he has now, which he's frankly done with, he's going to choose to complete his mission and die a hero. This sense of choice of being dealt a shitty hand and playing it as best you can is something that Buffy will learn from. It's something she herself will bring up in future episodes and something she will live and sometimes die by many times as we move through the series. She will, with her belief in this idea, inspire other characters to make their own choices and become heroes or not. And it all starts right here oh my in the God. first season. Wow. Yeah, and I just thought of the line, you have to make a choice. Are you willing to be strong? That yeah. she says to the potentials later. Yep. Which I always get goosebumps when she says that. Well, yeah, and, and, and Lie to Me is, is, has followed that oh, much talking before. Lie to me. Yeah, and, I'm uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah. So here we go. It starts mm-hmm. now. She meets yeah. somebody who's, who is, you know, it's a male equivalent of her. Mm-hmm. Um, without the superpowers, of course. And um, she learns a ton from Sid. Yeah, and that's our wardrobe yep. connection there. Just, Absolutely. Just in case you were waiting for that reveal, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Why she, that's why we dress them similarly at the beginning, to just mm-hmm. give that little bit of a hint. Well, and at this point, isn't she wearing black and he's wearing like a black suit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's still wearing the red and black. He wears the red yeah. shirt with black the whole way through. Right. Because he's consistent. He's locked in place. Right. He doesn't have evolution at that point. Yeah, because he's stuck. Mm-hmm. And so his choice is to not be stuck yeah, anymore, exactly, no matter what it he's is. he's stuck. He's, he's all, just as much stuck as a vampire is. Yeah. You know, or as much as Angel is. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So Giles has the talent show folks form a power circle to see if anybody's missing. And nobody is. Snart. 
Yeah. Talk to us about power circles, okay, will you? So a power circle. <laughs> there's a lot of different versions of a power circle. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so a power actor circle. Actor snart. That was actor yes, snart. That was actor snart. Um, so a power circle is when the cast comes together because when you're performing a play, you're you suddenly it's like going into war together, right? It's it's kind of like you know before the game, there's the huddle. Before anything, you got to psych yourself up. So the power circle, everyone gets together and they kind of like, sometimes you go around the circle and you give compliments to your neighbor and sometimes you all like chant and sometimes someone gives a rousing speech. It just kind of depends on what kind of company you're in. Um, But you always have a power circle to just kind of like bring your energy together and feel like you're all part of something bigger and then you break and you move into into action and it's just fantastic. (laughs) It's like crack if you've ever been with one. (laughs) So let's So would you say that Giles gets an F in power circles? (laughs) Because F minus. (laughs) Okay. Is everyone here? Okay. Right. Good. That's it. Go back. No cohesion. Nothing. (laughs) They basically all showed up on stage, looked at him and then walked away. (laughs) And we were laughing while we were watching this of the the, (laughs) just thinking of of anthony stewart head who has been an actor for how long he's been in so many productions at this point (laughs) the fact that he was able to pull off screwing up a power circle like that (laughs) and to look out of place behind a stage right i mean like or behind scenes on a stage like this guy he should and, and i still feel this way when i'm around a theater when i'm behind stage when i'm even sitting in a theater i feel like i'm home well i could tell that the, uh, last night at Rocky Horror, you were, you were jealous that you were not a virgin, so you didn't get to go up on stage. I, I could tell. I was like, oh, Snard wa- yeah. wants to go up there right I now. I wanted a banana blowjob. <laughs> really, uh. <laughs> but that's what they were doing. People. Yeah, that was. That yeah, wasn't, gentle they, listeners. That was not Snard thinking. Hey, I would really like that no, right now. No, that they <laughs> they initiated some people by having one of them hold a banana about crotch level and the other one giving them a right. blowjob on the banana. <laughs> right. And there was one guy, credit to him, Sean, if you're listening. Oh my God. <laughs> was that was fantastic. And your partner, whoever you were, you guys were amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like this guy just like grabbed the other guy's ass and shoved that banana <laughs> so far down his face and just kept going. I think my favorite part was when he suggestively picked up the banana pieces off oh, the yeah. floor. Yeah, like banana just went everywhere and he like picked it up and was like licking it, eating it, like wiping his lips. And, oh, he, he won the blowjob competition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, there's an element. You just kind of like, you, you get like scratching your balls comfortable as soon as you're around a stage and he manages to look not that. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I mean, really. <laughs> So, uh, so since nobody's gone, uh, Buffy consults with Giles and then looks for Sid, but Sid has poofed. <laughs> uh, Snyder sneaks around to ominous music, and Giles, just like Buffy did, finds him to be rather suspicious. Uh, Buffy finds Morgan's brain, and then it uh, makes a great splat noise. <laughs> and it looks like a great brain. Oh, it's jiggly yeah. and splatty. Thanks to the neurophysiologist's father, I got to hold a brain at yeah, one no. point, and it I looks just did. like a brain. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about the experience. I think I'm really happy that I can tell people that I've held a brain. It's kind of like having my nose broken. I can tell people I've had my nose broken, so I'm happy about it. But the experience of having your nose broken was not yeah, so much pleasant. Yeah, even the second and third time, it wasn't fun. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Martial arts people, <laughs> that's all it was. It was consensual. Consensual <laughs> nose breaking. Consent is important. It is, in all things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In the library, the Scoobies conclude via Willow's hacker-foo <laughs> that, <laughs> that Morgan had a brain tumor and that's why he, his brain was rejected. Uh, they also conclude that the demon is looking for the smartest brain. 
and they suspect Willow is next, but <laughs> the magician has just noticed that Giles is really smart, yes. <laughs> and he wants him to be part of his act. Yeah, Isn't that like, fun? Ironic cutaway. We've had a few really good ones <laughs> yeah. in this episode, but they have this ironic cutaway to Giles, like, you know, talk, basically demonstrating <laughs> smarts. Like how sm- yeah. Well, you know, if you did this and this and this, yeah. you could do he's this like and this. Like he's doing smart porn. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> and the magician's like, hey. Hey. And interestingly, the magician is also having a little degrading skin issue. So, mm-hmm. so we know. Eczema, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Demon <laughs> just, eczema. Just a tad. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Now we know, and mm-hmm. the Scoobies figure it out really fast and sprint off to save Giles. <laughs> After having this lovely little interaction where they're they're convincing Willow that it yeah. could be her, you know, <laughs> which is just the way you talk to all of your parts internally. Yes. You know, where you're coming to a slow realization about something, and like one part of you says, "No, it's this," and the other one's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, and yeah. Then, then Xander says, "Well, I guess Giles is really." Yeah, and um, they're all just like, no. <laughs> like Scooby, you know, Scooby Doo yeah. run sounds right. all the way down the hallway. Puppy busts open yeah. the door. And library that janitor doors. just watches them like, huh, oh. must be Tuesday. Oh, it's Buffy again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the magician has gotten Giles all strapped down and ready for his debraining and snarred. <laughs> As our tarot expert, do you think there's any significance yes, to the magician being a magician, or is this just a random no, talent I show actually, character? I actually do, and I like that you brought this up, because the magician card is number one, after the zero, which is the fool card. And this is in the major arcana. So the major arcana tell them the primary part of tarot or tarot story, um, where you're moving through archetypes on your way through anything. So you start out as the fool at the zero, which is kind of like beginner's luck and starting all over. Mm-hmm. And then you end up at the expert after going through some trials. So we have like the devil card and the tower card, all the things that people are mm-hmm. are afraid of. And this is what uh, Seth Godin would call the dip. <laughs> um, so this is just where things get hard and you have to keep pushing through. Yeah. Or where you might have to learn that, oh, I don't get to have everything. I have to give something mm. up in order to have everything I want. Sometimes I have um, to make tough choices. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that, so we, we should track the tarot metaphors here. But anyway, so we get all the way through to the end. Let me start again. Um, so right after Fool's Luck, you know, like the, the Fool card, um, you move into the Magician. And this is really about being able to make choices, being able to find your own way. Being able um, to make choices, huh? Yeah, like to find your own creative power, maybe even create a new beginning for yourself in a, hmm. a very purposeful fashion. Sort of like Buffy or... Or Sid. Sid. Yes. Yep, so Either one of like them. both of them, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's significant. I and think it definitely is. <laughs> good job, show. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Well, we know they have knowledge of tarot. Yes, and that, that's... And gentle listeners, we're not just making shit up. It, it We did pick the tarot thing because it is significant like really yes. significant later on it and really so, is so and we wondered hey is this significant i wouldn't before? be surprised if the writer's room had tarot decks i would think so oh yeah they, especially when juliet lando shows up <laughs> totally <laughs> um but yeah like that's actually how i write my novels sometimes um for those of you who may or may not participate in NaNoWriMo when you get stuck pull a tarot card hmm. works great that's awesome yes <laughs> and and if it's any of the dark cards your characters die just kill them <laughs> Resurrect him if you have to. Joss Whedon did. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <Ooh>. Bitter. <laughs> so, uh, Buffy busts in and kicks the demons as uh, Xander has quick reflexes and he and Willow set about saving Giles. Uh, Buffy continues kicking ass and the demon is fully demonified and gets the best of her. He gets her pinned, but Sid jumps him. They use the head chopper to chop off the demon head, demon's head <laughs> in a lovely hoist by his own petard sort of scenario that the show is <laughs> so very, very fond of. Yes. <laughs> 
Buffy offers to take the, the heart out and let Sid live, but Sid passes. He makes his choice, stabs the demon in the heart, and dies. And curtains up! <laughs> <laughs> and again, we have this great tradition in Buffy where we have a really serious, gorgeous moment where we really get to feel something, mm-hmm. and then they instantly relieve us from oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and they let us just take a breath. <laughs> they don't even let us get to the point where we think it's absurd that Buffy is mourning, you know, a yeah, puppet. Yeah, a dummy. Yeah, she's holding him. And he doesn't have the big death scene. He doesn't get to say right. anything. He's just gone. Yep. And then, and then right as you're going to start thinking, this is kind of ridiculous. The curtains <laughs> go up and Snyder <laughs> says, <laughs> I don't get it. What is it? Avant-garde? <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> is so good. And it does. It is the perfect, like, avant garde looking tableau. It really shit. is. I've been to, I mean, I've been to modern art museums, and I think I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> you got a decapitated demon, Giles, Sander <laughs> Willow, a buffy with a puppet. Yeah, a redhead with an axe. Yes. <laughs> and then we have the post credits for the first and only time. And this is from Oedipus Rex. And uh, by the way, this would be Oedipus Rex cut into little pieces. So let's watch for some important stuff, shall we? Mm. Willow Look is at that playing. big brain go to work. <laughs> I look up stuff. It's That's my doll. there's no demons around here looking for a brain. <laughs> you, Giles, you. I can have it. <laughs> <laughs> so Willow is playing a priest. Now, priests in ancient Greece could be women. Not a problem there. Uh... They were frequently the same sex as the god they represented, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. Uh, these priests would conduct rituals, which involved making sacrifices to the gods. In this role, they were the ones who had direct com- communication with the gods themselves, which certainly sounds like what witches do in the Buffyverse, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Xander. <laughs> Xander's playing Oedipus. Yes, that's right. Xander is playing someone who killed his father and married his mother and who gouges out his eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> and you know, obviously, she didn't read these to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean, Xander does hate his father, and Buffy's playing, uh, you know, Oedipus's mother slash wife. So yeah, I got there. Yeah. And of course, gouges out his oh eyes. My God. We need to keep a tally. I need to make a page just keeping track of the foreshadowing of Xander's <laughs> eye. No shit. I think we've got like four now. Yeah, at least. And we're not even halfway through the first season. <laughs> I know. Oh, no, I guess we're a little past half. Yeah, it was. it's a season. short season. Yeah, it's so. a short season. Yeah. But still, oh my God. I know. Oh my God. Crazy, right? Or it's, Sorry, it's Oedipus. Oh my gods. Oh my gods. Oh my Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> or that's the Roman. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, um, it was, wasn't it? Zeus, Harry? Oh yeah, I guess because it was it was Mars, wasn't it in Roman? I don't remember. It's been too long. Because the Romans named the planets. Oh yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, I've been sorry. working on computers for too long. I just know that Wednesday is Odin's day, and <laughs> Thursday is Thor's day. There you go. <laughs> so Buffy Yay, is a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Buffy is playing uh, Yocasta. And uh, she is the wife and mother of Oedipus because Greeks were weird. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so Yocasta kills herself. Yeah. Now, we at the Diogenes Club firmly believe and will argue when we get there that Buffy does not commit suicide in the gift. I would understand if she did, <laughs> but I'm fairly sure that Slayers cannot self-terminate. So, Oh yeah, because they yeah. would. Oh yeah, they would all the time, right? Yeah. 
so Buffy sacrifices herself as heroes tend to do, but there it is. And mm-hmm. gentle listeners, feel free, feel free to make of it what you will. Plus, there's a whole season six thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, the um, and and let's go ahead and address the whole suicide controversy now because it's a good time, shall we? Yeah, um, because I don't want to do it during the episode. It's too meaningful. And that will of just, an that episode. will distract from everything. Yeah, it really true. will. So let's go ahead and, and talk about this now. So we've decided Slayers can't self terminate, as we just said. Because Faith would have done it like five times. She would. And Faith we, has to go around and beg people to kill her, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> and nobody well, will do it. <laughs> I think there's something about... So we see in Angel that the powers that be have a certain kind of hold on heroes that are fighting on their side. Yes. Um, that there's some kind of balance that has to be met. And so I think anybody who is working for the powers that be, such as Slayers or Insold Vampires, um, just can't really self-terminate they can't be killed unless it's in the line of duty right um so otherwise like i bet angel tried to walk in, out into the sun multiple times oh i would think so yeah and but he eventually tries to commit suicide by a slayer yeah. um because he just can't do it for himself so i think there's something about the powers that be that will stop that person or there's something about their constitution so even if you are going to commit suicide it has to be in an act of heroism yeah um, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, and so I think Buffy might know that. And maybe instead of looking for the suicidal out, she's always looking for the opportunity to have the ultimate sacrifice. Well, especially after talking to Sid about this whole thing. I oh, mean, I, yeah. I think that plants the, the little seed in her head. And like, well, maybe I'll get a chance to do that yeah, too. Absolutely. and, and <laughs> Both in a bad way and a good way. I mean, we yeah. see a lot of stuff, a lot of that addressed in Prophecy Girl, mm-hmm. where she doesn't want to die. And then we get to the gift and she's like well yeah and i'm pretty sure prophecy girl is the only time she says she doesn't want to die yeah we'll have to keep an eye out for that but i think i think it might be i think it's the only time she's been explicit i think so too um and so yeah i think i think her her throwing herself off the tower is exactly the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and while it is technically killing herself she's doing so in a way like um she would run somebody else through if it would save the world Right. Well, and, Such and as from, Angel. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and from what I've read about uh, Greek society, ancient Greek society, mm-hmm. um, they didn't see suicide. Suicide wasn't, and Romans too, they didn't yeah. see suicide as like the bad taboo well, thing really that we do. Really up until Christianity it wasn't. Right. Right. And so it was It was almost a, if you can spare your family the, um, you know, the embarrassment or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's not a bad thing to do and people yeah. do it. They have kind of a harakuri right. perspective on the whole thing where it's like an honorable death. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit of a dark turn there at the end. Um, but <laughs> but no. hey, they, they, they cast her as Yocasta, so... They did. And it's also, it's hilarious, and this is an outtake. <laughs> because you can hear the cast laughing, or the, yes. the crew laughing. Yes. As they act this <laughs> hilariously, beautifully, it's amazing. And I think it was, I think the, I think the ad lib was Alison Hannigan just bailing yeah. off. Yeah, she just, like, where she forgets her line. And I, I think Xander, too, when he, like, starts to stammer and stop, um, because they start to laugh around them. Like, that's when, because usually the crew can hold it in, but that's when, obviously, they're starting to ad lib, so they go ahead and laugh. I wonder if they started with... <laughs> with Sarah Michelle Gellar's eye roll. Maybe. <laughs> 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 they were just like goofing off and having fun. That's so good. But this is the take they took. And this is the reason that I try and put outtakes in all of our shows, even <laughs> if uh, if it's a repeater, just because I think it's so fun to it have is that fun. little bit of humor. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're kind of full of it. This this whole, this whole episode is a little outtake. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll watch our listeners drop off after this one. Like, oh wait, come back, everybody. Yeah. yeah. No, come back. We'll we'll 
next time you really want to stick around for nightmares yeah oh yes yeah. you do so much. yes you do absolutely please, please, please stick around for nightmares <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about this episode? No, I just... Well, okay, I was astonished at just how good it is. And full of stuff. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, is a, not an inconsequential episode. This is no, a big it episode really is. for it's Buffy. It's a very big turning point, kind of like the pack. Like, mm-hmm. this one in the pack, I would have said, uh, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said, these are the two episodes you can throw out, no one needs to watch them. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually two of the more pivotal ones. I, well, every episode's pivotal. Yeah. Pivotal. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can pull any out and really... No. Without missing a, a ton it of stuff. It really needs to kind of exist all together on it. Plus, uh, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> Don't skip this episode ever. No, it's so funny. it's so good. Especially when you really, really watch it. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> just for Cordelia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just for Snyder. Or just for or Willow. Just or just, just Giles. Just Giles. Yes. <laughs> just, just, watch, just spend the whole time watching his facial expressions yes. in the background. <laughs> so good. He's got a lot of Charlie Chaplin-esque stuff going on. <laughs> that little blink so. he gets. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. He's, he's definitely the star of this episode, Absolutely. I think. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. So this is, after all, the Diogenes Club podcast. All members are exceptional. Peace out, puppets. <laughs> And scene.